All right, thank you, men, very much. That's a great song. I uh, love hearing that song, so, sung, sorry, <laughs> song. <laughs> and uh, I find myself often at times singing it, although I can't sing, but I sing it, you know, on my own <laughs> when you can't hear me. And it's a great encouragement to us. Pastor's not well this morning and he slipped off home and so you've got me. All right, Matthew 25 this morning. Uh, Before we look at our text and before we look into the subject this morning, I'm just going to pray for our sister Trish. And uh, it's been a journey for us, hasn't it? The last few years as we've as a church together and, you know, every time I get up to preach, I pray for Trish. I wear the tie that she gave me five years ago nearly six years ago, and uh, reminds us of her, and we thank the Lord for Trish, don't we, together. We thank the Lord for the influence that she's been in our midst, and uh, we know that she's really struggling now. She's still in hospital. I want to pray that this week she'd be able to get out, she'd be able to come home for a few days, or for a while. And she's had one last wish to have one outing with Brother Darrell. And uh, let's pray that she'd be able to do that as a congregation and uh, that that be able to happen. I won't tell you what it is, but uh, that's between her and Brother Darrell. So let's pray for her, shall we? Pray for Pastor also and others that are sick. You mention them in your hearts as we pray. And the Lord hears our prayers. Heavenly Father, We just come to you this morning with thankful hearts. Lord, thankful for your goodness to us. Thankful for just our time together. Thankful for the songs that we've been able to sing. Thankful, Lord, for the cross. There was a cross made for the Son of God at Calvary. Lord, but for that cross, we could not have salvation. But for that cross, it would be pointless us meeting together. But for the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, we would have no hope. But Lord, it happened. He died for us, shed his blood in our place, gave himself the spotless lamb of God, spent three days and three nights in the tomb, and he rose again. And so we come as a people thankful, Lord, for your provision and your goodness to us. Lord, just gather us together as one this morning. Knit our hearts, we pray, as we worship you. Lord, we do lift up our sister Trish to you and we commit her to you and ask for grace, Lord, today for her. Help her, Lord, we pray. We pray, Lord, that she may be able to come home for a time. Lord, she may be able to have this outing with Brother Darrell. You would be pleased to allow that to happen. We commit it to you. Father, we just thank you for your mercy to each one of us. We pray for others that are sick. We commit them to you. Ask that you'd help each one. Lord, draw us nearer to yourself, we pray. As we look into your word now, we commit our pastor to you also as he's not well. Just ask that you'd refresh him, strengthen him, comfort him at this time. Lord, we pray these things, giving you thanks, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, as we turn to Matthew 25, I'm going to speak a subject which I've never spoken about before. I've never preached out of this passage. It speaks about a time to come, you know. It speaks about when the Son of Man shall come in his glory in verse 31. It's a future event that will happen. And all the angels, all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations. Simply means all people. All people of all nations, red, yellow, black and white, across this nation, across this world, sorry, 
I don't know whether it was a good thing, but I yesterday saw the, um, the film, The Death of Stalin. And after reading, after watching that film, just cemented again in my mind how thankful I am to be an Australian. But I tell you what, Russians will be there at this gathering just as much as Australians. Every nation will be gathered there. I'm not going to go into the details of that film. That's just a film. But just uh, I said to somebody afterwards, boy, I'm so glad that we live in a country where there's not that sort of oppression and uh, you can't, you, you're so afraid to just look sideways at the time when Stalin was in control. But there are nations like that now, aren't there? where a certain dictator is in control and the people are fearful. But brethren, the scriptures tell us that all nations, all people, shall be gathered before our Lord Jesus Christ and it says that he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Now I realise that, you know, here in our congregation and and, uh, you know, most of us have not had a lot to do with sheep and goats in the physical sense, in the sense of, you know, running sheep and goats. You, you know, you've not lived on, in the la- on the land. Some of you have, I know, and, and I have. Uh, I spent many years as a sheep shearer and uh, eight years managing a sheep station uh, where Rhonda and I and the children lived for for eight years out the backside of Kunnamulla. And uh, we, uh, we ran sheep primarily on the station there. But goats came and went. You know, goats uh, came and they... Uh, goats have no regard for most fences that um, are put up in this country for sheep. Goats just go through them. And so goats were a wandering animal in the, uh, in the outback where we were and... And they would wander through and they generally seemed to be going from the west to the east. They were sort of on, a, on a, that trajectory through the property. And if you happened to catch them at the time in the property where I was or where if you were, uh, but where I was and we, where we were at Rockwell and, and if we captured them at the time when they wandered through, then we, uh, we would say we harvested them and uh, we would... Uh, perhaps put them then in a, in a paddock where they couldn't get out of and kept them there for a period until we had enough to put on a truck and we'd put a number on a truck and take them to market. And I was often in the truck on the way to Cherbourg. We, we took them to Cherbourg where there was an abattoir that killed goats and we took them to Charleville and, and if we had enough, well, I didn't take them. We just brought in a semi and they took them, you know. But we assigned them to go to a, a meatworks and... And uh, goats are worth a lot of money now. They, for a long time in the, in the outback of Australia, they were a feral pest. When I was growing up as a, as a teenager and a young adult, I spent countless hours out shooting goats uh, on, the, on the cliff sides of Kangaroo Island and, and, uh, and then in the outback around Ivanhoe when, uh, before I was courting Rhonda at, at uh, Mildura. I used to go out and, well, and during the time I was courting her too, I had to sell my guns to get married. (laughs) No, that's not true. I did sell my guns, but I didn't need to, but I did. Anyway, I used to go out back around Ivanhoe and find a station where there were some goats and if they gave me permission, I'd go and shoot on their property. Uh, Once I got run off a property because they didn't want me there and they made it well known. But anyway, here, uh, you know, uh, at Rockwell, we used to separate the sheep from the goats or we'd just capture them when they came through. We rarely ran them together, you know. They didn't sort of run together. Sheep and goats generally don't run together unless, you know, a shepherd has them and he sort of tames them together and they run together. In the Middle Eastern countries, they do that. And sometimes uh, sheep can be running with goats And you can't tell the difference between a sheep and a goat just at a cursory look until you sort of know the differences. 
And really, the, you know, some sheep look so like a goat and some goats look so like a sheep that it's very hard to tell the difference. Pretty distinct in our, in our country, but in other countries, they're not so distinct at times. But uh, the main difference is that a sheep has its tail hangs down and a goat has only a tiny little stumpy tail generally and it sticks up. Sometimes that's the only difference you can see. But a shepherd that has a mob of sheep and goats and runs them together, he, he, he can tell the difference, he knows. But, a, you know, an outsider looking on, you, you think, well, they look the same. But if you, uh, you know, you have the, 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 the shepherd knows the difference and here the Lord Jesus knows the difference very clearly. He knows the sheep and the goats. And brethren, at this muster, this final muster which is talked about here in the Bible so distinctly, when the Lord Jesus gathers all nations together, there'll be that final muster and then there'll be a final separation. Separation. Sheep and goats have been running together for thousands of years. But when this, and, and you, you get my picture, sheep and goats is talking about us, right? People, people. I struggle, you know. You think, oh, that'd be sort of different for you, Brother Robin, wouldn't it? <laughs> but no, I struggle for sometimes with the things of the Bible. Brother uh, David, uh, oh, David, 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 where is he? I forget very easily. But David asked me a question. When he sees me, he'll point me out and he'll say, well, how can you can't remember my name? But David, David, David and, oh, sorry, gone. David asked me a question. There he is right up the back, David. And I still can't remember his surname. I'm sorry, David. But David asked me a question a couple of years ago. He said, and come with me. Hold your finger in Matthew. But he said, uh, there's a verse in Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 50. David and Naomi Boucher. I'm sorry, David. I think dementia's setting in. You'll say it's already set in. It's too late. <laughs> David asked me a question one day and he said, uh, uh, Jeremiah 50 and verse 8, he said, Brother Robin, can you explain what that's talking about there? I said, I don't know. I had a look and I said, but it's mentioning goats. I said, it's always negative. Goats are always negative. Anyway, I read the verse and looked at it and I said, look, I don't know. I'll have to go and think about it. It was uh, Jeremiah 50 and verse 8. Remove out of the midst of Babylon and go forth out of the land of the Chaldeans and be as the he-goats before the flocks. And I just sort of looked at it and said, well, I don't know, Brother David, but it's got to be negative, you know. It's always negative in the Bible when it talks about, about goats. But, you know, a preacher or someone like me doesn't always get it right. I've said some stupid things in the past when I've been preaching and I've regret it and I think, boy, why did you say that? You, know, you realise? Anyway, uh, it's not negative here, you know, and not all the references in the Bible are negative about goats. Now, I'm not going to go into details about what this means, but it's obviously when Jeremiah spoke it, he was speaking about a, a future time, a bit like our time in Matthew, a future time. It still hadn't happened. And uh, I think this has probably happened now in, in the context, but at the time Jeremiah was prophesying, Israel was about to go into captivity. And he told them very clearly that it was going to be 70 years that they were going to go into captivity, into Babylon. So... This event is obviously speaking about a future time because, well, it happened after Jeremiah was gone, you know. But it's speaking about a future time from when he wrote it that, that uh, Babylon was going to be destroyed. And uh, we know that happened uh, partially uh, when, you know, Daniel was around and, and uh, uh, Babylon was destroyed or deposed uh, Belshazzar was deposed and, and the Medes and the Persians took over under Darius. But I'm not sure that that's when it's talking about here either. But maybe it was. But he says, you know, remove out of the midst of Babylon. Instead, when the opportunity comes for you, and perhaps it's speaking about that 70 years beyond 
uh, when Jeremiah prophesied, you know, when the opportunity comes for you, get out fast, you know. Get out of Babylon and be as the he-goats before the flocks. And he-goats simply means he-goats, all right? But uh, so you've got a mixed flock. Well, oftentimes the he-goats, they're, they're sort of the strong ones. And, and it primarily, you know, if you talk about uh, people in, in, this, in this context, speaking about the leaders of the people, okay? Leaders of the people. But be as the he-goats before the flocks. He's saying, get out in front, get up, get going. Uh, get, get out of, 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 uh, of Chaldea, out of Babylon. And go, for I will raise and cause to come up against Babylon an assembly of great nations from the north country. So he's speaking about a future event and he's saying to the Israelites at the time, when it happens, get up and get out. And pastor's been speaking out of Daniel and uh, he sort of showed us that, you know, when Daniel realised that the 70 years was up, he was somewhat dismayed that the people didn't get up and get out when they could have. So maybe that's what it's talking about, Brother David. I think you came to that before anyway, didn't you? <laughs> but it's good to be able to look at these things together as a people. And you say, well, I'm not interested about that well, what whatsoever, Brother Robin. I'm really not interested. Well, okay, maybe you're not. But I tell you what, it's going to affect you one day, whether you're interested or not. One day you're going to be in that final muster in, in uh, Matthew 25 and you're going to be one of the two. You're going to be one or the other. You're going to be either a goat or a sheep, okay? So it affects you whether you want it to or not. You say, I've got nothing to do with goats or sheep. No, no, that's fair enough. If you were a farmer, you know, you have a choice. Will I work with sheep? Will I work with goats? And oftentimes a farmer will say, you know, I'd much prefer to work with goats than sheep. Goats have got a bit more brain than sheep. And, yeah, it's true to an extent, they do. They seem to respond better when you're sort of driving them in a mob. They seem to know where you want them to go. Sheep sort of know, but they pretend they don't. And when you get them to a gateway, uh, we ain't going through. Because goats seem to sort of pick it up a lot quicker and they'll go through. And you get them to going up the races and, you know, once you've sort of educated them once or twice, they, goats will flow a lot better than sheep through a race. I, rem I remember one day we were out at Rockwell and uh, we brought in a mob of sheep and there was one white billy goat in a mob of ewes and lambs. One white billy goat. And I thought, what's he doing here? Why is he hanging with the sheep? This one white billy goat. And, you know, we brought them into the yards and we did whatever we did that day. I can't remember. We must have taken off some sheep out of the mob or something, some lambs perhaps, or I can't remember what we did. Maybe we crutched them. I can't remember. I don't think we crutched them because I would have got him. But, see, I had my eye on that billy goat. I was going to get him out. Like I said, we harvested them. We'd take them out and put them in another paddock. Well, that day, that white billy goat got through the yard, got through the race, and I never got him out. And he went back to the paddock with the ewes and lambs. And, you know, I watched him as he, well, he came in and as he went out and was taken out, I thought, oh, well, I'm sorry I missed you, old mate, but I'll get you next time. You know, I watched that old goat and he was jumping the ewes, like he was doing what rams should do and amongst sheep. And I thought, well, this is going to be interesting. We're going to see some geeps in five months' time. <laughs> well, you know, five months' time or six months' time, whenever it was I mustered that paddock up again, guess who was there? He was still there. He'd been there for five-odd months, six months. I can't remember how, what the period of time was. And I brought him in a second time. And he's still doing what a billy goat does, but he wasn't with nanny goats. He was with ewes. And, uh, but there were no geeps. And there were no geeps five months later still. I got him out that time. Came through the race and I said, mate, you're not going to go and stay out there again. He got into the paddock. I got him in the paddock with the goats and he got sent to market on a truck one day. 
and never did carry on like a silly old billy goat again. But what I'm saying is the muster's going to happen and the goats are going to be separated. You know, you might miss out for a time, you might miss one muster, but there's another muster coming and this muster's the final one. This muster, there'll be no missing out. There'll be no slipping through the race like that white billy goat did, slipped through and I didn't get him. There'll be no slipping through. You think to yourself, Brother Robin, I know I'm a goat, but I'm smart enough to get away with it, stay a goat forever. I'm smart enough to not want to be a sheep. Well, guess what? You'll be smart enough to take yourself to hell. That's what you'll do. Because the scriptures tell us clearly that these shall go away and that's the goats on the left hand side of the Lord Jesus. In verse 41, then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell is not prepared for us. It's not prepared for us goats even. You know, before I was saved, I was a goat. If you're not saved, you're still a goat. Oh, you might be smart. Smarter than a sheep. Smarter than those dumb ones at that church, you know. I can slip through the race. I can do what I like. I can go through all the fences. Yeah, you might. You'll slip through them now. But you won't in this day. There'll be no slipping through. And in verse 46 it says, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous into life eternal. The righteous are the sheep. The righteous are those that have trusted the Lord Jesus as their saviour. The righteous are like the one on my tie amongst the whole black crowd that have rejected the Lord Jesus, but the white one is the sheep that has accepted him repented of his sins or her sins, trusted him as his or her saviour and knows that they shall have life eternal because of their smartness? No. Not because of our smartness, but because of the work of the Lord Jesus, because of what he's done for us. You know, I struggle at times with the verse, all we like sheep have gone astray. Actually, come with me to that verse, Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Just before Jeremiah, I want to show you a couple of things. Isaiah 53. I've got a couple other verses that... Uh, Isaiah 53, 6, one of the most well-known verses speaking of sheep, you know. I wonder, why, why does it say sheep, you know? She ought to say, all we like goats have gone astray, shouldn't it? You know, there's a bit of crossing between, when I say crossing, you know, like I said back in Rockwell, we never saw a geep. It does happen occasionally. You get a crossbred between a sheep and a goat. If it goes the other way, a sheep across a goat, it's called a shoat. If it's a geep across a sheep, it's called a geep. Oh, sorry, if it's a goat across a sheep, it's called a geep, the offspring. It happens, but very rarely, very rarely. And usually they're sterile, sterile. I had a bit of, did a bit of researching yesterday and uh, I sort of asked the question, are geeps always sterile? And somebody sort of claimed that not always, so I don't know, okay? You can do some reference looking at that yourselves if you like. But uh, I sort of wondered, well, why, you know, why doesn't it sort of say, oh, we like goats have gone astray. When we're sheep, we're sort of back, aren't we? We've been found. But, you know, in the, in the Gospels it speaks about going to get the lost sheep, doesn't it? You know, 
But here in Isaiah 53 and verse 6, or we like sheep, the, the word there is um, tesone, which means uh, a flock. And the flock can be, it's like a collective name for a flock, and it can be of sheep or goats. So it could be a mixed mob, all right? Sheep or goats. Now come with me to Jeremiah 50 again. Back to Jeremiah 50. Jeremiah 50. Jeremiah 50 in verse 6. And look here, look what it says here. And this is speaking about Israel, I know. But we can reference it to ourselves. All right, he says here in verse 6, My people have been lost sheep. And the word there, sheep, is the same, to sone, or meaning to migrate, or a collective name for a flock of sheep or goats. So it, it, again, it could be this mixed mob, sheep and goats. So it does say, all we like goats have gone astray, doesn't it? Just uses the word sheep, but it can mean goats there as well, okay? So my people, he said, Israel has been a lost sheep and goat. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone from mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. It's tragic, isn't it? You know, to speak about or to see the point here that it says, their shepherds, their shepherds have caused them to go astray. How tragic. But we know that's what happened in Israel, don't we? We know that's what happens even in our country too. The shepherds of our people, the leaders of our people. And I want, to sh- I want to sort of just point out to you that our leaders can be a sheep or a goat. Okay? In Ezekiel 34, it speaks about the Lord judging between the he-goats and the rams, or the rams and the he-goats. So the picture there is that the rams or the he-goats are leaders. Okay? Leaders, full-grown Leaders, men of the people. So here he says in, in, in Jeremiah 50 and verse 6, my people have been lost sheep, sheep and goats. And they've, they're shepherds. And the shepherds, if we cross-reference it with Ezekiel 34, the Lord speaks of them there as rams and he goats. Okay? So, uh, and he says, they've caused them to go astray, the, the shepherds. I know it's confusing a little bit, but just think, the Lord Jesus was the Lamb of God, right? He's also the good shepherd, and he's the great shepherd. Sometimes our pastors, and I'm not talking about our pastor, I'm talking about pastors, plural, right? But sometimes pastors, leaders of the people forget that they are also one of the sheep. And that's where things go awry. When a pastor or a a leader, and it can be our government leaders too, but it can be just a ministry leader in our midst even, you know, when we forget as a leader, whatever capacity we're in, even as a dad at home, we forget that we are okay with a leader, but we're still one of the sheep as well. We're still one of the flock. And when leaders start fighting and butting heads together and it happens and it can damage the flock and it can lead the flock astray and all sorts of things. We're not going to go there but in Daniel it speaks about a he-goat and it's speaking about the, the king of Greece and at the time it's Alexander the Great was a he-goat with uh, a notable horn and and he crushed the ram. You can go and read that yourself. So people in the scriptures are are spoken of as as sheep and goats and he-goats and rams, all right? It's all there. It's all there. Now come with me to verse 17. you got your finger there in Jeremiah. Verse And we see a reference here to Israel again. Israel is a scattered sheep. A scattered sheep. 
The lions have driven him away. But this is a different word. The word sheep here is different to the word sheep back in verse 6. Scattered sheep, and it's, it's the word uh, C, C, S-E-H. And it means uh, pushing out to graze or a member of a flock. So here it's speaking about an individual. Back there in verse 6 and in Isaiah 56, 6, it's speaking about the flock as a whole, you know, mixed flock sheep and goats. Here it's speaking about individual Israel, one nation, Israel. Uh, and, and he says Israel is a scattered sheep, a member of a flock. Now come with me to one last reference, Psalm, 50, Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I hope I'm not confusing you, but uh, I just, if, I can, if I can just get you to go home today and to think about it, think about that subject and think about the muster, the final muster, to think about your state in the Lord or out of the Lord, to think about whether you're a sheep or a goat, then I'll have done my job. Verse 176, Psalm 119, the the last verse of Psalm 119. I, whoever the writer of Psalm 119 is, he is an individual, right? So he says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. So here he individualises it to himself. The writer here of Psalms, he says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. Brethren, I pray that that's you and me right there. That's every one of us, that we can put our names in there. I, Robin Davis, have gone astray like a lost sheep. Lord, I was a goat. I've become a sheep by your transforming power. You've changed me into a sheep. 40 years ago, when I was 17 years of age, I repented of my sins and trusted you as my saviour and I'm now a sheep. But Lord, there's been times I've been lost, gone astray like a lost sheep. The psalmist here declares himself that and declares himself an individual sheep. We each one need to do that. We each one need to recognise our point and and we can identify here with the, uh, with the psalmist. So, we can be a sheep or a goat that's gone astray. Uh, the Bible's not wrong, is it? The Bible's never wrong. We, can, we might not understand it, but the Bible's never wrong. Never wrong. All right, I'm going to throw in a couple of herrings to you and then we're going to quit, but... Um, you know, it's interesting that there's, there's only seven references to goats in the New Testament, two of them in the passage that we just read, and then five in Hebrews, five references to goats in Hebrews. And uh, I know I'm speaking primarily about goats today, but I sort of just want to emphasise that. I've always spoken about sheep a lot, haven't I? But, uh, uh, you know, I'm sort of going to concentrate on the goats today. You know, I, I sort of, like I said, I struggle about a lot of things in the Bible or things that are sometimes not in the Bible. And you think, why is this and why is that? Well, it's okay to struggle, you know. It's okay to question, I think. Well, I know it is because the Lord says, doesn't he, in Isaiah, come, let us reason together. And that means we struggle, you know. He says, come, let's talk about it. Let's reason about it. Um, and I struggle about the fact of the lack of some things in places, you know. I think, why doesn't, why isn't there more references to certain things? And in, uh, come with me to Hebrews. Come with me to Hebrews. You'll be thinking in your mind, well, Brother Robin, the... The New Testament is full of sheep. 
Yeah, it is, it is. John particularly talks about sheep a lot, doesn't he? Peter does in his epistle. Peter was a fisherman and he didn't talk much about fish, but he talked about sheep. But it interests me that the Apostle Paul hardly ever speaks about sheep. But he mentions goats in Hebrews and never mentions sheep. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12. Hebrews 9 and verse 12. Hebrews 9 verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place. Speaking about the Lord Jesus, of course having obtained eternal redemption for us. Why didn't Paul, if Paul's the writer of of Hebrews, and this is just my question, okay, you can answer it for me if you like, but why didn't Paul write neither by the blood of lambs and calves? And the word goat here is specifically goat, he goat. It's not a mixed word that could be goat or sheep. It's goat, you know, it's he goat. And Paul seems to me, and I believe that Paul's the writer of Hebrews, but how could he write a book that's speaking about the sacrifices of the temple so much and never mention sheep? But he mentions goats three, four times, three times in this chapter. Verse 12, uh, verse uh, 13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer so he mentions bulls, goats, heifers. Heifers is, is, a, is a female cow. Then down in verse where 19, when Moses had spoken, he took the blood of calves and of goats. Over in chapter 10, chapter 10 and verse 4. Chapter 10 and verse 4. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Now we know that. Why didn't he use lambs, though? It's a, it's a hypothetical question, and it really doesn't matter in a sense. But, you know, I think personally that Paul had a problem with sheep. I don't think he liked them. Like a lot of you probably wouldn't either if you had much to do with them. Uh, I think personally Paul didn't like sheep. You see, he grew up in Tarsus of Cilicia, and uh, the, on the Taurus Mountains outside of, uh, of uh, Tarsus, they ran goats. And they still do, evidently, on those hills of Taurus, the Taurus Mountains outside of, uh, of uh, in Cilicia there. They run these big mobs of black goats, jet black goats. And they grow long, shaggy hair. And they cut the hair off of those goats and they, and they turn it into a cloth called silicium, silicium. And in that, with that silicium cloth is what they made, they used to make, and I think they still perhaps do, uh, a lot of tents. And Paul, we know, was a tent maker. And so, you know, just, this is just my hypothesis, all right. Paul was from that place. He loved goats. He could identify with goats. And he obviously learnt the trade of tent making with his father. And uh, when, he, when he had to provide for himself on the mission field, he made tents. He knew where to get a hold of silicium and it made the best tents, you know. And uh, it still doesn't sort of answer my question. And, it, and like I said, it doesn't matter, but it amazes me. You look through all of the epistle letters, Paul hardly mentions sheep. Once in Romans... He mentions sheep and it's a reference out of the Old Testament. And then twice in Hebrews, he mentions sheep. And one is in Hebrews 11. Just come with me to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 and verse, uh, where is it? Ah, oh, I should see. 37, 37. Hebrews 11, 37. They were stoned. This is speaking about people of the faith. All right, in time past that have, that have gone on, have passed on, but uh, they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and 
goat skins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. One reference to sheep that Paul uses here in Hebrews, sheep skins. He mentions sheep skins and goat skins. Over in chapter 13, the only other reference that Paul mentions sheep. I'm glad he wrote this one in. Verse 20 of chapter 13. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. The only other reference. Three times. Three times in the New Testament in Paul's writings does he mention sheep. Three times only. Now I'm not being critical. I'm just being questioning. I'm just sort of asking questions. How could he do that? How could Paul, how could God, and you know, again, I'm not sort of questioning, God is good. But how could God allow Paul to write all those letters that were so good and so necessary to the churches and never mention the Lamb of God that took away the sin of the world? Oh, I know he does here, that great shepherd of the sheep. John says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. In Revelation, John mentions the Lord Jesus as the Lamb 28 times. Paul never mentions it. I just want to say this. Again, God is good, isn't he? In that he allows our individuality to not affect or it doesn't have to affect our salvation or affect our commune with him. You can dislike sheep all you like and still be saved. Still trust the Lord Jesus as your saviour. You can love goats all you like and still get saved and trust him as your saviour. You can prefer to work with goats or sheep and maybe you'll never ever have to... That'll never have to be a a choice of yours to make. Job, if we went and had a look at Job, Job never had a goat. He was one of the rich men of the east. He had 7,000 sheep. Doesn't mention that he had any goats. It it mentions that he had, had oxen, he had camels, and he had donkeys or asses. Didn't have goats. Job didn't like goats. He liked sheep. Uh, if we went and had a look in, the new, in the, uh, Samuel, Nabal, Nabal, one of those mentioned in, in Samuel that had uh, uh, flocks, that, remember that David sort of helped look after his flocks? He had 3,000 sheep and he had 1,000 odd goats. He had a mixed mob. Job didn't. Paul didn't. Either way, you know, one had one, one had the other. Individuals. And that's okay. That's okay. But in the end, in the muster, back in Matthew, and let's just go back there and finish off. Let's just finish off. This separation, this final separation of the sheep and the goats. Brethren, I urge you to know what you are. Because the separation here is so distinct, it's very distinct and it's very final, it's very definite and the separation is diametrically or has a diametrically opposite outcome. There's not going to be a remingling of the sheep and the goats after this separation, this final muster and this final separation. Jesus says to those on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Come ye. And in the last verse it says, But the righteous into life, eternal, everlasting life. A privileged place, the right hand of the Saviour. You know, it's interesting, but the Greeks believed that the left hand was the prominent place. And that's what the Greeks taught, was that the left hand was the strong hand and you wanted to be on the left hand of somebody. That was the place of prominence. But the Lord Jesus says, no, it's the right hand. It's on my right hand. 
you don't want to be on my left hand because the left hand, when I separate you at that final muster, the, 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 the outcome is diametrically opposite to those on the right hand. Absolutely opposite. Have a look with me again. In verse 41, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Verse 46, And these, the left hand, shall go away into everlasting punishment. There'll be no mixing between the fence. You know, when a, when a, when a shepherd separates his sheep and the goats and they run up that race and, and he has a swinging gate there to separate them as they come through and he separates them onto the left hand or onto the right hand, there's a fence between. And sometimes when you've separated them and there's the two mobs, one on this side and the one on that side, the fence sometimes is not good enough to hold them. And there's some intermingling goes on. Lambs get through and kids get through or whatever, you know. And <coughs> there's an intermingling happen in the yards. Brethren, there'll be none of that at this final master and this final separation. There'll be no getting through the fence. Say, I'll be smart, I'll get through the wires. No, you won't. No, you won't. I don't know what sort of a division the Lord has there, but it's a division. The Lord has a division. And he says, those on my left hand go into everlasting punishment, everlasting separation. Those on my right hand go into everlasting life. Oh, brethren, if you're a goat, change to be a sheep. Repent of your sin. Get down before the Lord, here, at home, wherever, but do it. Get down before the Lord and repent of your sins and acknowledge and say, Lord, I need to be a sheep. I need to be a sheep brought back. I was astray, but I need to be saved. Oh, be saved, brethren. Young people, you've been brought up in this church. You've listened to the gospel preached week after week after week, but you've said, no, 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 no. When I get of age... I'm going to go and do my own thing. Oh, you're a goat. Acknowledge that in your heart now. Realise I'm a goat and I'm lost. And then you can find your way to the Saviour. But if you say, well, I'm a goat and I'm going to stay a goat and I'm going to head out of here and do my own thing, well, you'll do it for a time. Like that billy goat out at Rockwell, you'll do it for a time. But I tell you what, you won't get by with it forever. It'll only be a little time. Come with me to 1 Corinthians in finishing. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Just got a couple of verses, just going to read and then we'll be gone. And I'll let you ponder on it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 23. Remember I said the Greeks thought that the left hand was the prominent hand and it was best to be on the left hand? Look at verse 23 through 25. But we preach Christ crucified under the Jews a stumbling block and under the Greeks foolishness. The Greeks, and, and you know as Gentiles, we can put ourselves into the basket of the Greeks, Okay. The Greeks, the world out there, and some of us in here think that the preaching of the cross is foolishness. To become a sheep, that's just stupidity. I'm a smart goat and I'm going to stay that way. Look what it says in verse 24 and 25. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Oh, I'd rather be sure that I was going to be on the right hand of the Saviour than to think I'm going to try and get away with it. Go over to verse chapter 3. Chapter 3 and verse 18. Chapter 3 and verse 18. Let no man deceive himself. No woman, no boy, no girl. 
Let none of us deceive ourselves. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. If you're a Greek and you think it's wise to be on the left, well, your thinking's got to change according to this verse. Let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. Brethren, the thoughts of a goat are vain. As we finish off, can I just say this lovingly? Don't be a silly old goat. Don't be a silly young goat. I could tell you all sorts of stories about silly young goats out on Rockwell, but we're finished. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it's fresh. It's new every morning as your mercies are. Lord, we thank you that you tell us how it is. We thank you for the different writers of the Bible that you use their individuality and even though one didn't like goats or sheep, you used his other attributes and you wrote the words of scripture, you gave them to us and Lord it's very clear for us how we can be saved and how we can remain lost. So Lord just work in us we pray. Use us this coming week. Walk with us, we pray. Help us, Lord, individually to walk with you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.